Yeah, and even, you know, but the nice thing about it is there's so many different views, so many different opinions, so many different things going on. But talk about going on. You've got some great events coming up. Absolutely. Uh, first one is um, Whiskeys Around the World tomorrow. We are partnering with the, um, Ashton Cigars <laughs> and um, Vince Jones, the, our Ashton rep, is going to be here. We're also going to have um, one of our vendors who um, is, sells us the whiskeys is going to be here and going to be able to talk about pairings and mix and which cigars pair or which whiskeys would pair best with certain cigars and it's really going to be interactive because the lady focusing on the whiskey doesn't have a whole lot of cigar experience um and so we're going to be relying on vincent to help educate her and and other people who are here on how or why a particular whiskey peer, peer, pairs best with a particular cigar you don't want to use that monstrosity yes you do i need a no, uh, cutter and you want to use this monstrosity. Yeah. Camouflage. <laughs> so many ways to go with that. Yes, it really is. But anyway, so it's going to be a huge event. Absolutely. And the following, the following event is actually going to be um, Super Bowl Sunday. We're partnering with Nat Sherman. And we are going to be, we're, there's, going to be some, there's going to be some prizes. I believe we're going to be doing a. Um, well, well, let's just say that'll be fun to be had by all. Okay. Well, am I not supposed to say that? I, I, I don't know what you were going to say. That's what I said. <laughs> you know, it's always better to ask forgiveness, uh, but not on, not with the FCC or uh, with liabilities. But anyway, it will be a very good, very giveaways. good event. Giveaways. There's going to be some good, good deals on cigars. It's not going to be a traditional cigar event, obviously, because yeah. we're there to focus on the Super Bowl. But there will be opportunities to gain some education. For those that don't know the Nat Sherman brand very much, definitely gain some information, education, and enjoy some very good, very fine cigars. Now what time, time will people be rolling? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what time will be people be rolling in for that? Um, You're gonna open at noon on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And what time is the game? About six twenty, I think. I'm sure things will kick off around three thirty, four o'clock. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a blast, and we got four TVs, one big screen that drops down. They got nice overstuffed leather chairs, nice chairs and seating, uh, hardwood floors. They got great cigars. Nat Sherman is a great group to pair with, and I'm sure that the giveaways will be uh, substantial and nice Absolutely. because Nat Sherman is that kind of quality company. And uh, it's going to be a great, great event. So that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. All kinds of fun and excitement. And, I, and I'm going to say I got a chance. Uh, Monday I came into uh, to the cigar shop. Uh, which is or, uh, not usual for me to come in on when, on Mondays, but I had been snowed and iced in on Saturday, and uh, seriously, so, and Friday, what, yeah. Where did you live? No, Woodstock. I had an eighth. I had an eighth of an inch of ice on my driveway and on the street. I I'm on the side of a big hill, so if you get out on, if you can make it out of your driveway, which I couldn't, as of about seven o'clock Friday night, you start. You get sideways and you go sliding down that hill. Two people in the how many years we've lived there tried to do the same thing with less ice, and they ended up wiping out the neighbor's bushes and, and, and mailboxes at the bottom of the hill because once you get out there, there's no traction. You just, <laughs> you just throw your hands up and let it go. So, we, uh, so we, we didn't get a chance. So I came in here on Monday, and Russ said, I'm going to the state house today because they were meeting with a, with a state a committee on uh, taxation, double taxation that, that – that the vendors have been paying in his state. They've been paying 23% on top of 
they've been charged on top of the freight and on top of uh, the there was one other thing that they are being so they're being double on federal excise tax they're charged 23 percent on top of that so a gentleman by the name of tim from a cigar store up 400 has really and russ have gotten together they've really done a, a, a landmark job in getting and kevin uh, representative kevin tanner out of the northern area of georgia he brought the bill and basically what they did was they asked for there to be no double taxation and it was interesting. We got to go as a group. There were about 10 or 15 of us. Went to the state house, went and saw it work. And this is why, and when I left, I watched the committee. They had one representative speak on behalf of all, the, all of us that was there. That was Tim. And there was great interaction. And the committee had some very good questions. There was one guy that was just, uh, he couldn't get something <laughs> out of his head. And he, and he added about 20 minutes to the, to the meeting. But at the end, they voted unanimously to pass it on. To, to do away with the double tax because it's not right. And but you know that unanimous vote was simply because of your presence, correct? Well, I'm, I'm two for two on unanimous votes on, on issues with cutters that I've been. But what was interesting, Greek and, and John, you got to see <laughs> you got to see firsthand legislation happening at the grassroots level at the state legislature. And let me tell you something. I would I would suggest everybody go and see it really does work. And when Russ said, well, what do you think? And I said, Russ, I'm going to go deeper, more philosophic than just this event. Of course, it was great for the cigar industry was, for was us. Was the local rep a state, a state representative. Yeah, he, Kevin Tanner was there. He was the one that actually presented the bill. And this is what was amazing. This is how brilliant the founding fathers were. They realized that if things were going to be done for the people, they had to keep it at state and local level as much as possible. Sure. Take it away from the giant leviathan that is the federal government. Which and bring it to the state, and this is what makes it so exciting. Because I watched it work right there. It was something that was that was costing vendors in this state a ton of money, and they broke it down, and they talked about it. They discussed it, and the people, there was such a massive crowd in there. It was standing room only, and they won. The people won. The vendors won. And you know what? That's why the founding fathers were so adamant about taking it away from the national government and giving it to the states. These people were amazing looking into the future and realizing the importance of the government and how much the federal government needs to stay out of your life. Okay, I have, to, I have to bring this back to cigars because yes. if not, you'll, you'll wax poetically. Yeah, well, right. uh, endlessly. Endlessly. I so uh, let me let me. I'm I'm anxious. I've I've seen. I saw your. I was watching your face as you were smoking. And I'm there's interested. a nuttiness to this. There's, mm -hmm. there's a nutty flavor to this. That's that's unique and from what I've experienced over the last couple of of examples that you've brought forth. And it's it's light. It's not a heavy cigar at all. It's actually uh, listed as medium full. Really? Because mm -hmm. I don't get that. I. What about pepper and spice? Not too much. But uh, it's, it's there. It's there, but it's not. It's not. Not in your face. No. I. Th the first thing I got was a woodsiness, and the and the. Uh, the nuttiness. Interesting thing about Ashton. Typically, they're a Dominican company, and the we're we're smoking today the Ashton. Um, symmetry. Yes. And. Um, typically, Ashton is a purely Dominican company, and this is one of their first. Um, forays into using Nicaraguan tobacco. This is not a obviously not a Nicaraguan puro. It has a um, 
Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, which is probably where some of the nuttiness that you're picking up is coming from. But it also has Dominican and Nicaraguan long filler and a Dominican binder. So it's a very unique uh, hybrid, so to speak. I guess that's probably where they got the, the symmetry from. Yeah, because um, you know most of the good tobacco comes out of Dominican or Nicaragua. So it's yeah. that symmetry of putting them together, blending them together in such a way. And the, and the more of the tobacco that comes out of Nicaragua tends to be more medium-bodied, uh, medium to full. And the Dominican tends to be more mild to medium. You don't have a lot of medium to full unless coming you're out using, of it. Unless you're using Lajero, of right. course. But yeah, and Lido really... In the Dominican, really, he oh. brought Lajero to the, the forefront. He, he made Lajero a, a household name, absolutely. He really did. and um. uh, But you're right. And, and so I think that's where it's a beautiful blend of both of those uh, those kind of unique tobaccos and making it into the symmetry of a mild to medium smoke. They call it medium to full, but someone like yourself, Greek, you don't find it to be that full. And I think that's the beauty of that cigar. I would definitely, I would definitely, um, it's definitely full flavored. Mm -hmm. um, it, the, the body of it, I'm, I'm getting, I, I, I picked up a, a fairly good bit of pepper and spice. Um, more of the spice, I guess, than the pepper. Not, not a lot, not as much tingling on the, the tongue and lips, right. but definitely some of that profile. And recently, I, I've my personal palate has has tr tended toward more towards the Dominican, and I was a little bit wary when when I knew we were going to be smoking this. But I think when I when I think of symmetry, I think of things just blending to a point to where one is not more powerful than the other, like mm -hmm. symmetrical. It's it's fairly even, mm -hmm. and that's I, I think Ashton has done a superb job in blending. Two, and you're absolutely right, Colonel, two different worlds, basically, Dominican and Nicaraguan, which are very, very different tobaccos, blending them to where one is not, is not more prevalent or more powerful than the other, creating a, a, a good balance between the two. There's a little bit of a, a hint of maybe a, a cinnamon or a caramel in it. Do you pick that up? Yeah. I think it's more caramel maybe than cinnamon. Well, it's a great cigar, and what's the price point on that cigar? Um, I think like thir twelve or thirteen. Mm -hmm. Oh, that one is uh, that one's fifteen ninety five. It's the small. We've got some up where uh, starting at like twelve bucks mm -hmm. up to sixteen bucks. But it's and an excellent smoke, excellent representation. Ashton has been truly one of the classic uh, cigars out there for a long, long time. Always been synonymous with with high quality, great consistency, excellent burn, excellent draw. How many different uh, varieties does this come in? Sizes? Uh, yes. Um, I can tell you for sure. I can, uh, Bellicoso, Churchill, Corona, Robusto, and Toro. So okay. we've got five different sizes. Well represented. We carry four of the five. Um, the ones, and we obviously we don't have room for all the sizes because we're packed to the gills, but... We, we p chose the ones that, that are most sought after by our customers. And you know what? Yeah, and, and that's a great point, John, because cigars are so different. A and the taste, even if you go down inside the perimeter, you see a lot more, a lot more Robustos are sold inside the perimeter. Yeah. We don't sell a lot of Robustos. Uh -huh. That's not, people are looking more for the Toro. Robusto is a smaller cigar size. The smallest of the cigar size is the Robusto. So 
people up here are looking more for the longer cigar. Um, traditionally, the Toro or the Churchill's a, a good a good seller up here. And, and honestly, I, I and you talk about it a lot on this show, and, and whenever <laughs> people will listen about cutters, and I, I honestly think cutters has a lot to do with the size of cigars that people buy, especially if they're smoking here, because this is such an atmosphere where people aren't interested in not necessarily spending half hour, 45 minutes of right. just sitting down they smoking and leaving. Hours. They want to come up here, and it's an event for them, and they want something that's going to see them through the business they have to do on the computer or the football games or the conversations, and they, they don't necessarily want something that's going to be quick. And, again, I think it has to do with the environment that's been created here that lends to people just wanting to be here, wanting to spend time, have conversation, create relationships. Yes, exactly, and, and it becomes a social envi- a social situation. So It really does, and this is the place, Cutter Cigar Emporium. It is right here on Windward Parkway just off of 400, which is the major artery that runs north and south off of 285 and downtown Atlanta. For those of you not from around Atlanta, there's a circular interstate called 285 that is called the perimeter, everything north of that. They call north of the perimeter or the nosebleed part of Atlanta. And people um, are pretty much lumped into two groups, inside the perimeter. ITP or yeah. OTP, yeah. inside the perimeter. And then you have people outside. like me that kind of float both ways. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to say straddle the line. Yeah, yeah, but well, I know what you would prefer. Float <laughs> uh, both ways. Yes, float both ways. But anyway, one thing is for absolutely certain that you will, if you float your boat to Cutter Cigar Emporium, you will have an incredible experience. It is uh, it is a world, a portal to the world, the world of great times, the world of great cigars, the world of great friends you have yet to meet. And it's all because of what Russ Sutton started and what Lou and John and the rest of the staff has been so good at maintaining because it's a very high standard and it's a standard of customer service above and beyond what you get in most places. And, and, and what you pick up right away is just back to the cigars for a second. There's a great variety of smokers here. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, as I have learned, you're going to be educated quite a bit on just what the guy sitting next to you is enjoying. What uh, what information people like John pass on uh, from, from their experience with other people and the feedback that they get from people who come in and enjoy different types of cigars. So you're going to learn a lot more. It's, it's a very social environment, all centered around cigars and good times. Well, Greek, I and, and John, I want I want to uh, to remind you that I want you to remind me. I have a very special announcement to make. Hey, Colonel, March twentieth. You have a have very a special announcement to make. March twentieth. It it is going to be a day that will live oh, in shit. infamy. Okay, oh, he's retiring. And, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, no, I, I'm not going to bring that much happiness. You have jaw surgery? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I would say I'm sorry, but that would be very disingenuous. It would be. It, it absolutely would be. No, March 20th, before the end of the show, Greek, you're going to March 20th. Just remind me, March 20th. Somebody's going to pop out of a cake. No, no, mm. no, no, no. But it's going to be a huge no, day. No, please no. Huge event. Huge <laughs> event. And... uh I was uh, Is that your girl? heavily, heavily involved. Oh, sorry. Really? <laughs> I think it's time. Don't, don't, don't pull that up on, <laughs> on, on your computer when we're doing a show, Kevin. You can wait. It is. <laughs> it is hideous. It is hideous. Oh. 
I'm surprised you didn't slap me on that one, Evan. That was worthy of physical repercussions. No. Throw water on her, she'll melt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm melting. I have a picture of Hillary with her finger, her forefinger up in the air. And uh, she was uh, answering a question, how will you deal with the issue of Benghazi in the general election? (laughs) Like she has. Stick my hole in the finger in the Yeah, that's it. But anyway, John, thank you so much. It was. Well, it was we still haven't heard of the, the March 20th thing that you built. Yeah, you built have to ask later. I'll tell you. Right it's now. later now. Not enough later. You didn't say later when. You better tell us now, because you know what? Quite frankly, You'll we, we may not care. <laughs> By then. Yes. You will care. If it does it involve does it? It's something that see. This is this is what we build the audience anticipation. See. It's called audience anticipation. We're building an audience anticipation. But if what does it have to do with? I can't, I, can't, it's, does it have to do with you personally? I was, I was heavily involved in making this event happen. That's all I'm going to say. The event no, gonna I think here. your parents were heavily involved in making the it, event. Is happen. the event going to happen here? That's the important. I don't thing. know if it's going to happen here or not. Okay. We're going we're gonna, to. I, I tried, but. Russell I think I know what said, the event is. He said it's 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 an event that has national ramifications. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm telling you. But anyway, you'll just have to hang in there and find Kevin's out. Kevin's going to make his pick on the final four. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to be there for that. <laughs> no. I, I want some of that. No, 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 no. Hey, listen, I didn't do too K- bad. KU is going to be in the final one of the final four. I'm, I'm making that prediction right now. KU, not UK, Kansas University. Yes. Yeah, well, that's that's a real tough one. But anyway, yes, March 20th. Well, we'll talk about that. But John, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And uh, and the Ashton event is, tom- is tomorrow, tomorrow night. From what time? Six to nine. Six to nine. It's going to be a great event. Come up here and watch the debate. Yeah. Now, I I will say the um, the event is going to include. It's it is it, it is there is a fifty dollar charge. Okay. That that price will get you four tastings of the four different whiskeys. Um, from different countries. Um, it will also get you a, a Hefe beer and an Ashton Symmetry. Wow. And that's that's a that's pretty, a, good, pretty that's good. That's outstanding. For the, and, and we'll probably have some kind of food as well. But Plus the giveaways and everything else that are going to happen. It's going to be a monumental event. Come check it out tomorrow night, 6 to 9, right here at Cutter Cigar Emporium on Alf, in Alpharetta, right on Windward Parkway. And uh, Greek, i got to tell you, we got it. We got to get back to the Donald though, because this is a big issue. I mean, you know, he wanted to steal all the air. John, and thank he's done you. It. I enjoyed it. Outstanding, it's, John. Thank you. It's 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 different. It's different from what we um, from what we usually have. Yeah. I I like that that cinnamon sort of taste to it. Well, we were talking about before we went into the break. We talked covered covered a number of different issues, but one of the things that was so important is. You know, Donald Trump, I think, made a, in recap, I think he made a fundamental mistake. I think he made a fundamental flaw and and in not showing up at the debate, blaming Megyn Kelly for him not to show up. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head, too, Greek, in your thoughts that he doesn't want to debate right now. He feels no. he's enough ahead where he doesn't have to. And the less he says, the less trouble he's going to get into. When, he has to, when, when they start ratcheting down on the details on him, because after this piece that just came out, in Breitbart, breaking down all the issues, the major issues, and how his real intentions are, that's going to be the questions he's going to have to answer, and that is going to cost him a lot of votes. Well, I think he he's also playing to get past Iowa and New Hampshire 
wanting to get to South Carolina. I think he feels that he's going to have a much stronger showing there. And uh, just m maybe just back away and, and let these two early uh, contests play out. And I think that he, he I think, I, I think that Donald Trump is easily intimidated. And, and that, that, that would go against what a lot of people might, might think about a captain of industry. But he's not used to being questioned. He's not used to having people uh, say, you know what, I disagree with you, or, or, or even you're wrong. Th that, that's something completely foreign to him. Well, here's, here's another thing, and this is what I'm talking about. There isn't a conservative out there right now. There's not anyone who has a conservative fiber in their, in their, uh, in their bones that doesn't understand that the national debt is huge. And in order to conquer, conquer the national debt, to try to drive it down, to try to bring it back into reality, things are going to have to change. And one of the third rails that's always talked about is entitlements. And every Republican, with the exception of one, has had some kind of adjustment that has to be made when 40% of the money that's going out is in entitlements. Okay? You've, and and that number's is, only going to go up. That's right. And your numbers are so big, things have to change. Unlike virtually all other Republican candidates, Trump has said he would not touch entitlements. He says that any Republican attempts to touch these programs will end in electoral defeat. His website currently carries an article from the Daily Signal titled, Why Trump Won't Touch Entitlements. I'm not going to cut Social Security like every other Republican. I'm not going to cut Medicare, Medicaid. Every other Republican is going to cut. And even if they wouldn't, they don't know what to do because they don't know what, where the money is. I do. Once again, what he's doing is he's setting up the straw dog. This is a guy who is running on the conservative side of the he's, – he's trying to appeal to the conservative side of the Republican Party. That's what got him his initial growth. That, but now we're finding out, as you're getting closer, if you are insane enough to think that entitlements are not going to be touched or are not going to have to be modified, he comes up with that same statement, I'll cut a deal with China – I'm going to make China kowtow to us. What's the deal? Never mind. I'm going to cut it's a gonna deal. It's going to be a great deal. I'm not going to touch entitlements. I know where the money is. Where is it? Don't worry about that. I know. <coughs> this, is the, this is the Carney Barker, the, the voodoo, the uh, Houdini. Look at this over here. Look at this shiny object over here while it's really over here. It's that sleight of hand politics that now is coming home to roost, and that's why but we are he, bringing this he, to your attention. He's not going to bring up an issue that's going to be a tough, a bitter pill for people to swallow when he's got the red meat that he knows are, are, are hot-button issues like immigration, ISIS, China. Uh, when he has those issues, he's going to lay off the difficult issues. And, 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 that, and entitlements is a very, very difficult one to, to contend with because you have a lot of older conservative voters who don't want to hear, hear that someone is going to be cutting their uh, their Medicare or their Social Security. Nobody wants to hear it, but unfortunately, something has to be done. And when you tell everybody, ah, oh, don't worry about it, we're not going to touch it, I know where the money is, you don't know, I do. Okay, do you really want to trust somebody? I mean, how many times have we been like, you're going to keep your doctor. The naive voter out there will buy into you it buy every into time. You buy into this Obamacare, you're going to keep your doctor. It's going to be free. Keep your policy. Keep your policy. Keep your doctor. 
I know. I said it. It's true. I know where the money is. I know it. It's true. These are the kind of this, my friends, this is why we bring this to your attention, why we do this, this constant researching, why we're going out and finding out about these things. If you listen to what Donald Trump says that sounds good, it stops, and the rest of it he never touches because he doesn't have to. That's why in his because debates his, his, he's the same way. His constituents aren't demanding it. At and this point, at this point, there's no pushback, not from, not from his, 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 his legion of followers. They are content to go through life, as Dean Warmer said, fat, dumb, and happy, or fat, drunk, and happy. I what think was? drunk. Fat, drunk, and stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a, but this is what we're trying. If 40% of your economy is tied up, if 40% of the money's that's going out, and you are trillions and trillions of dollars in debt, where are you going to have to draw the line? You're going to have to. You're going to have to do something. At the biggest, it's it's like your own budget at home. If you're if you're if if the bank calls and says your house is up for foreclosure, I know you've got all these other bills, but you got to come up with that. You you've got to come up with that fifteen hundred dollars to cover that house note. Are you going to lose your house? What do people do? They go back to the biggest things that they've got, and how can we cut back? We'll start there because that's how we're going to get closer to that $1,500. It's no different. But I've got Tea Party people that I listened to at the last Tea Party meeting I went to a couple of weeks ago saying Trump's got the answers because he knows how to make a deal. Oh, my God, man. What, and these what are, in his these business are, experience translates to running a government? Making deals. Look what, look what Paul Ryan, look what John Boehner, look what Mitch McConnell has done. They make deals all the time. And who's, re who's the happy recipient? The current administration. Who are the losers? The American people. This is the danger. And we spoke about this last week. When you have a, an, a, when you have a, a, a population that doesn't want to face the hard reality of something like entitlements, the danger lies in that ultimately they will pick their domestic security over their country's security. And my biggest fear is we will get to a point in this country where we start drastically scaling back our military in order to pay for these domestic programs and entitlements. And then you become very vulnerable. Then you become a European nation. You, you're no longer capable of leading because before you can lead in industry, before you can lead in uh, economics you have to have the ability to lead militarily and this is another and that's thing what that happened in a large part in to rome Mo absolutely right they got fat they dumb and happy they could they not fund their their military anymore nope and as soon as they started cutting back on that the military started falling apart they started <clears throat> outsourcing their military basically to these small tribes and areas that they had conquered who had no allegiance to rome and weren't willing to fight for rome and the Empire began to shrink back to, to, to the point where they were vulnerable literally inside of Rome. And here's the thing, my friends. A lot of you may not know this, but for every dollar we cut from entitlement programs, there is a law on the books now that says we must cut two from military entitlement or military budget. For every one we cut, we have to cut two in the military because the military is such a big chunk. So since the military isn't as big a chunk as entitlements, we're going to give entitlements more money 
and less to the military if we have if we're going to cut so that forces them to try to not cut the military so this is what's interesting too so not only do we weaken our military financially not only do we lower the number of ships that we have the number of aircraft that we fly the number of sorties we can run the number of how, how about the size of the military and it just just in personnel we don't have enough according to the generals today we don't have enough to, to sustain two major campaigns at the same time and that's always been a benchmark for this country two major and a couple of minor campaigns at the same time that's what they like to keep the levels at now they can't even keep up a second major campaign our 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 ships we have less ships now than we had in the 1950s while things are ratcheting up heavier and heavier on the chinese and the russian side and now iran is doing the same thing while they're ratcheting it up we're cutting it back so we can protect entitlements. And not only that, Greek, this is what really is the dirty little secret. When you do that, then what you do is you tear it down from the inside by making it gender neutral. If you want to, you know, we're going to make sure that women have every capability to do every position in every part of the military, regardless of what the Marine Corps proved, that it was absolutely, there are certain jobs you can't do. No, no, no. We're going to have a civilian that's going to say, you don't get it. We're going to do it. And you've got military leaders who have been there for many years that are very strong and very knowledgeable retiring because they can't speak because if you speak against the administration your 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 time's done so they're pulling their retirement they're pulling early i mean we're tearing everything down from the inside while nero obama sits up there and plays the fiddle and you've got bernie sanders and hillary trying to outdo him and we've got people standing on the sidelines in disgustingly large numbers, cheering them on. But as you just said, it's not just Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. You now have people on the other side of the aisle who are promising that they're not going to touch entitlements. And uh, it, it, it's the number one candidate right now. He, he's resonating with a lot of people who... Someone said last night, and I forget what show I was watching, but... And this is an exaggeration and maybe an overextension, but if you if you look into Donald Trump's past and, and not to what he says, but what he's actually done and what he's actually advocated for. In many ways, Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders aren't that different. And, 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 and what this person who was not a Trump fan said, Bernie Sanders, uh, Donald Trump is nothing but Bernie Sanders wearing a white sheet. <laughs> Alluding to the the comments about Mexicans and, yeah. and, 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 and I, I don't think I would go that far, but you have to look at his past and you have to look at, at where some of his, his constituents, uh, where, where their mindset is right now. And their mindset right now is on, on a couple of really just hot button topics. And he's telling them what they want to hear. He's promising he's not going to touch their security, their nest egg, their, their retirement while he's going to go after all these things that they that they aggressively have a, have an issue with. That's How about ethanol? Said. There's another one. You know. Oh, that was that was huge. Ethanol has been a, a huge issue, and you you're much much more involved in the racing industry than I am. Ethanol is not good for your car. Ethanol is not good for your car. It, it's not an efficient fuel at all. It, it does not burn efficiently. It's much more expensive to to produce. Do you know what UPI UPI or it was Associated Press printed an article that said. To make four gallons of ethanol takes three gallons of, of regular gas. Regular fuel. Yeah. 
to make four gallons. So we're, we're wasting all this. And so what do we do? We start charging so much more. What, this is what happens with ethanol. So what does Ted Cruz do? He said, we've got to phase out these subsidies because they're taking 40% of our grain crop, our corn crop, and turning it into ethanol. And what does Donald, now my friends, listen to me. This is what he has said. Trump is not only for it because he's in Iowa and trying to win the first, which Iowa is a big corn state, but he wants to double down and go for 15% ethanol. And you don't realize this, but you take out 400 or 40% of the corn crop, guess what happens? Look at the price of beef. goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. Food, much more expensive. It's a trickle-down effect that is outrageous because of this. And what we need to do <coughs> is cut back on ethanol, use our oil, or, 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 or even even develop in, in a more uh, efficient way alternative uh, energy. But see, here's the problem with government-funded energy. Uh, how many of the big boondoggles? Well, have, well, that's why you have to incentivize private industry to do it in 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 ways that you. that people like Bernie Sanders have a problem with, or things like like tax uh, breaks and in. in, in subsidies in that way incentivize them to go out and spend their money that's to do the exactly research. right Greek. don't don't give them money to do research but, but but incentivize them to go out take the risk but with the rear risk give with the risk give them the opportunity for the reward that's exactly right and this it was referred to by uh sarah palin got involved with it she kind of brought the word out. I know Mark Levin did before her, but he wasn't the first one. Crony capitalism. This is what happens. When the government decides who's going to be winners and losers in industry, the American people lose. Because as it as what's happening with this with this corn crops, you've got you've got Bob Dole just came out and said, "Well, I'm going to be a Trump guy." Why? Because he's Bob Dole's made a lot of money off agriculture. It's been one of his bellwethers. So Helping the agricultural companies, that's a big thing for him. So, of course, he's going to go for Trump because Trump wants 15% more. But this is the difference between being a conservative and being true to your core. This is the thing that makes Ted Cruz, I think, stand out above Donald Trump hands down. Is the easiest thing for Cruz to do would be going into Iowa and say the same thing. But he knows we can't keep doing it. So he said... Not only no, but we're going to phase it down over five years, these subsidies, because it's not good for the car. It's not good for the country. It's not good for the American people. So instead of trying to win over Iowa by giving them what they want to hear, he's telling the truth. And the same kind of truth he has done on the floor of the Senate when he nailed Mitch McConnell for lying to his face, and he said it. And what what does Trump and all these other people do? Oh, well, nobody likes him. Nobody gets along with him. Well, that should be a badge of honor. Who wants to get along with Nancy Pelosi? Who wants well, we to get know al- who wants to get along with Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> well, we sure, I, funny, uh, you know, funny you I, should I, say I, that. What a segue. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, but anyway, these are the things, my friends, that you have to look at. And when you, hear the, when you hear the media who wants Trump to win, when you hear, you know. But, 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 here, but, but they, they want Trump to win only so they can tear him down in the general election. That's exactly right. We, we, we've gone down this road before with their, when, when, when John McCain was the darling of the media, the comeback kid. Remember that? Oh, God. Well, you know what? If you think maybe Greek and I are just out on left field, 
Let's hear what Donald Trump has to say about deal making and how he could get along with people. And we're going to try to pull it up here. Uh, here we go. Working on the technology. Uh, now, don't tell me it's going to it's going to play with us. Here. The Democratic side of the be able to deal with to cut a deal, any kind of a deal. What's your instinct on that? Well, I that I'm going to be able to get along with Pelosi. I think I'm going to be able to. I've always had a good relationship with Nancy Pelosi. I've never had a problem. Weed's going to be. Okay, wait a minute, Donald. You're having push, you get along push well. Push that thing back. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if it'll. Yeah, I know it, but but we're getting feedback. But anyway, talking, Donald. We don't want someone who's going to get along with Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid. The problem is Mitch McConnell and John Boehner got along with them just fine. They got everything they wanted, every major thing they wanted they got, and we got the American people extremely upset, and that's why they're so vehement, and yet you're talking about making a deal. Reed, although lately, obviously, I haven't been dealing with him, so he'll actually use my name as the ultimate, uh, you know, as the ultimate of the billionaires in terms of, uh, you know, people you don't want. But I always had a great relationship with Harry Reid, and frankly, if I weren't running for office, I'd be able to deal with her, I'd be able to deal with Reid, I'd be able to deal with anybody. But I think I'd be able to get along very well with uh, with Nancy Pelosi and just about everybody. Hey, look, I think I'll be able to get along well with Schumer, Chuck Schumer. I was always very good with Schumer. I was close to Schumer in many ways and you know it's important that you get along it's wonderful to say you're a maverick and you're going to stand up and you're going to close up the country and all of the things but you got to get somebody to go along with you okay here you go donald here you go of course he was taking a swipe at the Ted, maverick Ted cruz. Ted cruz here's the deal i get along great with schumer got along great with him for years I probably he didn't say it but we probably know he contributed money to him he contributed money to the clintons he contributed money to wherever he could buy and curry favor. Now, that's not, to me, cutting a deal. That, that's part of the cronyism that, that, that many of his own supporters have said they're tired of. Many, many of, the, of, the, of the Trump supporters will tell you that the problem in Washington is the cronyism. That's it. And yet here he is in this clip and in the first debate bragging about how he's a part of that system. And that's what that's what infuriates me. He shouldn't be anywhere near the top right now, but he's spouted these populist one-liners that has gotten him there. But now as it's getting closer to having to, to ratchet it down and be specific, now we're getting to well, see what the real Donald well, Trump is all about. And what does he do? He backs out of this debate and blames Megyn Kelly. Honestly, though, where do you think Donald Trump would be if he didn't have the immigration issue and he did, if he didn't have, I'd say his second big issue would be trade. Mm -hmm. And trade. What's his solution? High tariffs on international products. Which is proven to be disastrous. Yes, we went through that ad nauseum last week. Um, and there's not, unless he's got an economist on his payroll willing to come out and say that this is a smart idea or that this, this makes any type of, 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 of international logic. Well, since back in 1929 when they tried it from 29 to 32, they put all those high tariffs on and all it did was destroy this country's, both their imports and their exports, and around the world dropped everything down 66% and almost put the whole world into a major cataclysmic. And so what does he do? Not only I'm going to have it more higher, 
higher tariffs. And don't forget that we have a lot of companies now that are manufacturing in China, and, and they're going to be penalized. We, GM's manufacturing a lot of product in, in China right now. Does he not think that they're going that th these companies are going to sit by and, and and stand for this? That they're going to just go along with it? Of course not. They're going to fight back. And how do they fight back? Higher tariffs on their stuff. And then all of a sudden, the stuff we were getting from other countries, it was cheaper, or and we quit, would buy it. Or they quit producing over there, and there's there's any time there's, there's going to be a ripple is what I'm trying to say. If you start eliminating production in China, there's going to be a ripple effect with the jobs in the United States. The other thing he doesn't really talk about a whole lot about, particularly I'm, I'm a little more versed in, in Japanese production, we produce a lot of Japanese cars in the United States. Mm -hmm. They provide a lot of American jobs. A lot of American workers are building Japanese and now even Korean cars in the United States. You start penalizing these other countries, they're going to push back. You're going to start seeing them open fewer and fewer plants in the United States. It all boils down to if you stick it in their eye, they're going to stick it back in your eye. And who wins? Nobody wins. Well, you have to... You have to acknowledge at this point in, in time that we have a global economy yes. and you're going to have to find global solutions to these trade issues and 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 protectionism is not a wise global solution to your trade imbalance now am i saying that we can't negotiate harder with the chinese not with this administration we've seen how tough they were with iran iran they were brutal with iran i mean iran I mean, look what we've done. We've saved the world for 15 years because of what we've done with Iran. How about our hostage, our hostages for money deal? That was One, really it's, brilliant. It's now up to 1.7 billion. Yeah, and, and it, on a 400 million dollar debt we owed. So the rest of that money is what they felt the international community would demand for from 1979 would be a fair amount of uh, interest. Okay, let me tell you what my idea of interest were, would be to Iran. Every day you keep our hostages, that's costing you $100,000 a day that you're not going to get back. Why even set it at, at, at a level like that? You're just not going to get any of it back as long as you hold these people. Nothing, and you, you get nothing. Not only are you not going to get your $400 million back, but you're certainly not going to add another billion dollar, billion point three on top of it for interest because you want to look good. This is, this is, and let me tell you the ripple effect. We talk about the ripple effect of tariffs. The ripple effect, why have we not paid for hostages in the past? What's the ripple effect to that? Because the price on those, uh, on those heads only can, goes up and up and up and up after you start the process. Once you go down the slippery slope of buying hostages back, you make every single person that's overseas right now put that's working uh, uh, or traveling, they now become targets because that means money. It means release of, of people of, of horrible refute. I'm telling you, my friends, do not buy into this pap. Understand that these are the people they thought they were telling the world, we negotiated a great deal with Iran. If you're in Israel, you wouldn't think so. The Saudis don't think so. Nobody else thinks so. But this current administration, the well, the Kurds, you know, they don't even think so. No, I know that. But, I, I, I meant that that way. But, but here's the thing. So when you got Donald Trump saying, Vote for me because I know how to make a deal. There are deals, and then there are deals. The only deal I want to hear is, how is it going to benefit the American jobs? How is it going to cut down our national debt? How are we going to 
rebuild our military? How are we going to rebuild our international? Well, it kind of comes back to what happened with Fox. Think about it. He couldn't make a deal with Fox. Yeah. But, but his supporters entrust him to make deals with China and make deals with, with corporations like Apple. He couldn't, in, in a campaign, the week before the Iowa caucus, he couldn't make a deal with a network to where he could come on and be happy or be willing to participate. So he took his toys and he went home. How is that a deal maker? Well, that's that's exactly right. You know, how is that a negotiator? Hey, listen, I could stand up and say, I, I do it quite often, that Pierce Brosnan and I have very same similar characteristics, same looks, same acting ability. Now, I would say that in front of a group, and I've already seen elicited some laughter. Oh, oh my God, who is that? <laughs> We're not paying you today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, look what dropped in. He just, the rhino. He just, we don't just, have the rhino sound because he, we, he just comes and goes as he wants. I've got to go. You know what? I'm on my way down to the airport, so I figured I'd stop. Well, that's good. We and miss you, especially since 75 South is blocked. Is it really? Yeah, there was a police chase that ended. Actually, a cop was shot. It's pretty oh, bad. No. So all the lanes are blocked. You going down oh, 75. No. So You've got to go to. Yeah, <laughs> of course. A mess. Yeah. You can't take 85 to where you're going. Well, yeah, we can, but. You, you know what's going to happen. Through town. 75 through town is going to be a nightmare. Well, so, so you're going down to uh, the beach camp? Yeah. So go down 400. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. But 400 will be all right. It's uh, open right now. Is it? It's, yeah. yeah it's okay, fine. but it's good to see you, man. Hey, good you to see you back. Are we going to. Haven't seen him since. Uh, before are we going to have year. you back on, in, uh, on you, the air anytime soon? Yeah, as soon as I'm here on a Wednesday, not okay. traveling. But uh, it should be, uh, I would say. Possibly even next week. Are you well, going to be? Yeah, I'm going to try to get back next week. I'm going right. to try to get back next Wednesday. See, we got everything set up. We've been running clips all day. Really? Yeah. We, we've, we've advanced wow. barely, but we're there. Good but anyway, the phone just catch, we were just talking about Donald, the deal maker, and we were talking, and, and Greek brought up the fact he couldn't even make a deal. He couldn't make a deal with Fox. So he's going to deal with the Chinese. He's going to deal. And we've heard about the great deal makers. I referred to the great deal that the Obama administration did in Iran. So when we hear these great deals, there are deals that are good for individuals or crony capitalists. How about deals that make the American public actually reap the rewards of those deals? And you don't hear a word of that coming out of Donald Trump's mouth right now. Yeah, well, look, he, we all know that he's full of hot air. I mean, he's showing his true colors at this point. Oh, it's really... We, it's becoming painfully obvious that what we're going to expect is essentially... You want, you're talking Rhino? Oh. Uh, I mean, he's... He's, he's going to do away with Obamacare. Oh, but we're going to go to single payer. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I, I mean, I don't understand what people are thinking with him. It's very frustrating to, to peruse social media and see these people dig their heels in after what we've seen the last three weeks yeah oh god i mean he's he's he is showing his true colors and somehow he's bringing them over like well they're not paying attention i mean the, the, we already know they're the low information voter anyway so well and 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 we were we had some clips of how bernie sanders is going to pay for everything basically tax the top one tenth of percent and They'll pay for it all. Yeah, that's we'll not enough. Right. Yeah, they could yeah. tax the top one percent everything they make, and it's not enough. Yeah, it wouldn't even come close. He's, he's and only, that's what he just only the wants to take fifty percent of what incur. they make. Right. 
Yeah, Greek was uh, Greek ran some numbers and found out that under Bernie's plan, if you make five hundred thousand or more, which we know some people that <coughs> fall into that category, over fifty percent goes to the government under Bernie's plan. Income tax will be over fifty over fifty percent. For those is that is that on five hundred thousand and above? Yes. So up to five hundred thousand, it's just standard, and then you, when you I'm make not over sure that about that part. Uh, the, the the brackets were broken down by income thresholds. So, so hopefully you only pay a certain amount up to a threshold, then up to the next threshold. That's how it works now. Yeah. But I don't but know. I, I, I don't may know say, hey, if you make too much money, we're just going to retroactively hit you for everything. But, but this is the thing. Think about it, my friends. Think if it were you. Just think of it on a, if they came to you and said, you know what, you're making too much money. And because you are, we're going to tax you over half of what you've earned. You've busted your, people who make $500,000 a year, it ain't. It ain't something they show up and work a 20-hour week. Right. They're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, many of them. I know, Eric, how much do you travel? How much do you – I mean, you put in hours upon hours. 100 hours a week is I not mean, unusual. I, I work uh, probably 120. We, we don't count 10, Harris. 20, six, <laughs> about 120 hours a week. Oh, yeah, you do work hard at Harris, though, because I've well, seen you. I'm not, I haven't <laughs> been to Harris in a while. Well, you know, hopefully we can eradicate a, a that problem. But that's but just <laughs> the income tax, though. Think of the, those people also have liabilities, like, like property taxes, mortgages, right. schools. And to, to, to Absolutely. For the government to come up and say, well, we're going to give you free college and free health care, but we're going to take over half of your income to do so, and you're putting in those kind of hours so the people who are working 20 and 30 hours a week Look, can have the, free stuff. The best thing possible that could happen is Bernie Sanders wins the Democratic nomination. I That's agree. the best possible thing. And Hillary's trying darn hard to give it to him. I know. She's, she's <laughs> really... She's really succeeding. She really that. is. We haven't really talked a whole lot about her. Today, uh, it's been wh all. What's your take on this FBI thing? Do you, do you think that you're going to see an indictment? No. I don't either. Absolutely well, not. I'll tell you what. This is what this is. Now, Tom DeLay does a radio show down in, I think it's Dallas. Or Tom DeLay would know about indictment. Yes, he would. And he was acquitted, by the way, later on. But here's the thing. He said that he's got, and, and a number of sources I've read, that the FBI is ready right now to pass down to suggest an indictment, and that if yeah, suggest if, an indictment, right. then, then who's the go-to? DOJ. Now here's the thing: <laughs> so. if the DOJ refuses, the the FBI has said these are inside sources. The FBI said they are going to reveal everything that they have on her, which is devastating. It would be devastating to the DOJ. It would be devastating to the government. It would be devastating to a lot of people. So the FBI is not just going to take this and say, well, we recommend an indictment. They decided not to do it. That's it. It would never happen. I'll, I'll tell you what. Not only is the indictment not going to happen, but the FBI is not going to release all that information because, A, uh, much of it's probably uh, at a classified. Well, what, obviously what they can release. Right. Uh, so which is enough. It's not enough. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's apparently not enough because you can – she could kill somebody, Vince Foster, and shoot <laughs> somebody on Fifth Avenue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Vince Foster, did I hear that name? Not that what? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know what that <laughs> was. But you could, if I mean, if you're her, you can kill somebody and explain it but away. But you see, it is it is chipping away at her very hard. I it, mean, she's down I, below fifty. You know, I I, yeah, I, I well spoke to a very liberal guy this morning, and uh, he's a Sanders guy, and uh, he's claiming that there are a lot of moderate Democrats that will refuse to vote for her. Yes. But I asked him, well, those moderate Democrats, where will they go? They're, if they're moderate, they're not going to support not Bernie Sanders. They're going to stay at home? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a They're not going to vote for Sanders. Them. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's why I think Sanders would be the greatest gift that be, could be given to the Republican yeah. Party. 
just like for the Democrats, the greatest gift they could give what, is uh, what, what's Donald the Trump. What's the third guy? What's his name? Uh, Martin O'Malley. Yeah. O'Malley. I'll, yeah. tell you, I'll tell you what. The surprise should be he gets the nomination. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? Or how about uh, who's the one? Uh, from Bloomberg? The, yeah, Bloomberg's oh, thinking, about he's thinking about it. A third and party Biden's camp. even hemming and hawing in the background. I mean, because they know. Well, after the ringing endorsement that Obama <laughs> gave Hillary. Yeah, and you know Bernie Sanders he's is going to meet with he, Obama he met with, in he the met White with him this morning. Did he? he yeah, I knew that morning. was coming up. I, w- I wonder what that what transpired there. You know, Bernie, I really want to support you, but I, I, I can't. I let me t- let let's put it this way, Bern. Just, uh, the DOJ is going to be getting a knock on the door here any day now from the from the from the uh, feds. What's in it for me, baby? What's in it for me? Well, and, I think those kind I of think, deals I are think done. Obama's already had that conversation with Hillary. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 they've got the money to do it. Um, I I because there's no love lost between the Obamas and the Clintons. Oh, absolutely not. But Bill money, Clinton. but money is the be all end all. The equalizer. And 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 my 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 gut feeling is they've already cut a deal that somehow they will take care of him if he sits on this and doesn't let his DOJ run with this indictment. Well, if he doesn't, then Hillary's going to get it. If he does, Hillary will lose it. That's the bottom line. And, and, and I, I don't think it matters. I think at this point Hillary may be shooting herself in the foot enough that regardless of what happens with the FBI. When do you think that, because we haven't talked to you in a while. When, when, do you, it's been a long while. We saw what happened in 2008 with the steamroller effect yeah. of, uh, with Obama. Where do you think that has to happen with Bernie Sanders? Do you think it's going it's, it's to have to be Super Tuesday, or do you think that She's going to be able to hang in there. If, if he were to get some early victories in, in Iowa and New Hampshire, I don't think he's going to win South Carolina because she, the, South Carolina has a very large minority voting block, the Democratic Party. I think she'll carry South Carolina. Well, if you get past Iowa and New Hampshire right now, do you think that not do much? You think but, that ne- but neither one of them is an indicator of, of who wins elections anyway. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I, I, think she's, I think she's safe through Super Tuesday. I, I, th- I think, I think she, she would is. have to have a real bad showing on Super Tuesday. Unless, she, an, unless an indictment is handed yeah. down, which I doubt it will be, she's fine all the way through Super Tuesday. Yeah, and even if she doesn't when get is, I know California is not until – California and New Jersey are on the same day in June, but when yeah. is New York and Pennsylvania? It's Pennsylvania might be on Super Tuesday. I don't think New York is. But it, it won't make any difference. I think she's going to be in for the long haul regardless unless there's Well, I don't there's think she's going to drop out, but what I'm saying is where, 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 where do you see the – the, the, the snowball effect that we saw with Obama in 2008. Well, I, I think he had some other, there were other, some other dynamics in play that you're not going to have with Bernie Sanders. Right. But, uh, but, but is, 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 do you think that there's a point where Bernie could build up enough momentum to where some of these Democrats who, let's face it, a, a lot of them have had a bad experience with the Clintons. How many of them are holding their nose and waiting for maybe the opportunity to jump ship like so many did in 2008? Well, and that may be it. It's going to be very, very interesting, but it's, it's, it comes down to our favorite time of the week. How many minutes we got left? We got four. Okay, four minutes left. It's the winners and losers. Now that Eric's here, he can join in on the winners and losers. So we'll give him a moment to think, think about, about it. it. All right. And then uh, there's still a question you have to ask me. What, this March 20th thing? What's the one? He's got some big announcement about March 20th. So it is uh, now official. It has been entered into the National Registry. <laughs> March 20th is officially National Penguin Appreciation Day. Well, do there we, you have it now, folks. We, you hear it? 
You heard it here first. You, you did hear it here you, first because I was the one that instigated this. I've been working on it for quite a while. And I find now the federal government doesn't get involved with it anymore. There are two major organizations, and you have to go through a litany of things that you have to apply for and everything else. So That's a Sunday. That's it. Well, it's going to be the March the 20th every year because you had to pick a day or you had to pick a sliding scale. So March 20th, and I'm going to be receiving oh a certificate God. that states all the things that I had to write up about it and that the, the person that, that instigated the March 20th from here on out is going to be officially known as Penguin Appreciation Day. Penguini was through the roof excited about it. So that's your winner this week. Uh, yeah, penguinis. Penguins <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no, penguins no, that's for not everyone. My okay. But anyway, uh, that's a pretty big deal. You know, it, it, it's... That, it's, that's very interesting. It, it, it's, it's a lot How of fun. How much did you have to pay them to do Nothing. this? Nothing. Really? One, one wanted $1,500, and I got 20, 270 bottles of wine with it. Uh, yeah. You got what? 270 bottles of wine if you pay 1500 bucks. To get on the bronze level, and uh, this other one, two hundred seventy bottles of wine. Yeah, what kind of wine? I have no idea. It didn't say. Yeah, just you got to send me that link. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, um, getting back to the winners and losers, Greek. You want to start? Well, my loser is obviously going to be Donald Trump. I, I think that this was a, a tactical error that's blown up in his face. Monumental. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. It would be very interesting to see how aggressive people get with him not there. Uh, but that was definitely, definitely a mistake. Like you said earlier, this was probably the, the first big one that you were expecting. My winner of the week is probably something that you guys aren't very familiar with. You might be, but um, this week marks the 45th anniversary of the Scottsdale Barrett-Jackson auto auction. Oh, uh -huh, yeah. And this is the premier. Uh, I've always wanted to buy a car for from Barrett-Jackson. <laughs> automobiles and, and the, the engineering and the history. It's an art form in, in many ways. For 45 years, they've had the premier collector ar car auction in Scottsdale. It's literally the mecca of, of, uh, for, for automobile collectors, and they're celebrating their 45th anniversary th this week, and they'll be my winner. Okay, my winner, of course, is uh, Penguins. I mean, I just, I just got the announcement on Friday that they've accepted it, and it's, it's been officially entered in the registry. So Penguins are my winners. My loser, of course, is... <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Jimmy uh, Hoffa. The, uh, also a winner is the listeners because Eric was able to hey, sit there for there was a few minutes. You know, we got to show the love to the rhino. We've yeah. got a minute and a half. I'm and looking at the official okay. clock. All right. So, uh, and, and my, uh, my loser, of course, is the, uh, is, is the Bernie Sanders crowd because they are buying into this social, this social reengineering that he wants to do with everybody else's money and he's had to come out and show how he's going to do it now and i think that makes him the big loser because you already took trump which i think is the biggest loser so i think the um the loser i'll start with the loser the loser i think is hillary i think uh she continues to plummet i think i've, I've now seen a sea change in how cnn cnbc and others have been uh, mm -hmm. talking about her um and i think they're a little bit panicked about it the winner of the week, I think, is um, I'm going to say is going to be Fox News, because uh, y you know they <laughs> they they basically laid it out there. They um, you know uh, bless Megyn Kelly. I, I, I love her to pieces. I know you don't, but uh, I do. We, we missed that that debate earlier yeah, today. Yeah, I, I and I I just think that you know they they did the right thing. Sticking to their guns and fine. You don't want to be here. Don't come. 
and that was a, and, and they know it's going to cost some viewers. They know it. Well, he's a bully, right? He's a total bully. So he was trying to bully this way, get you know, get apologies and get all this. No. And he's in typical bully form. When he gets punched in the nose, he runs away. Yeah. And, and he stands it. and screams at you and screams at you and calls your names and, and, and then runs and, and away. And he twitters, passive-aggressive tweets, oh, yeah. like a seventh-grade girl. Yeah. No, he's awful. He's just absolutely.